The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Alan Doan. He's the co-founder, along with his sister Sarah Gabrith, of the Missouri Star Quilt Company. And they are... I hope you're still writing. Hi, Alan. Uh, They were just recognized as not only the 2015 Missouri State Small Business Person of the Year by the U.S. Small Business Administration, but you went to Washington and you actually won the Small Business Person of the Year Award. That's no small feat. Congratulations. Thank you. No, it's actually very exciting for us. Uh, I mean, pretty... Pretty crazy to hear uh, the, somebody at the White House talking about Hamilton, Missouri. You know, you don't get that very often. So we were we were very excited. Uh, you know, really tickled to come home with that. And I, I mean, really, it's, for us, it's it's business as usual back here. We just kind of keep cranking along. But uh, but it was really surreal to just have somebody notice what we were doing up here. We felt very honored. Right. Tell us about what Missouri Star Quilt Company does. Um, you know, it, it's kind of. Uh, implied in the name, but I want to hear it from you. What all do you offer? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the the big thing with us is we are big on teaching people to quilt. If you Google how to quilt or brand new to quilting, that's where we want to be seen. Um, we're we're really interested in growing sort of that quilting industry uh, and teaching people this great art, this great uh, hobby that a lot of people. A lot of people enjoy, and so we sell fabric online. We sell a lot of fabric online, and we most of it is pre-cut into packs that make quilting easier. So you're not mm-hmm. spending your entire time cutting fabric in order to make a quilt. You're spending your time quilting, uh, which is the fun part of quilting, not cutting. And so uh, <laughs> we do a lot of that. We also have a machine quilting service where you can make your quilt top and mail it into us, and we'll put the batting on, and the backing and the binding and all that together. I uh, get it done and ship it back to you so that it's finished and you can give it away as a gift. Uh, so we do stuff like that. And then we have the sort of the local town experience where you're able to come and visit. You can spend a, a day here, you know, grab a table in one of our or in our retreat center and one of our machines over there. And you can sew with your girlfriends and and just spend an entire day up in Hamilton, Missouri. So in a nutshell, that's that's what we are. That's what we do. We sell fabric. We sell all the notions, everything, you know, scissors and rotary cutters and thread, everything you need to make the quilt. We do the machine quilting with you, and then uh, we also have a great place to come visit. Missouri Star Quilt Company is a relatively young company. I believe you founded it in 2008. What was the reason for choosing something centered around quilting, which, you know, you're a young guy, pretty young guy, uh, from what I can tell, and a lot yeah. of people might think, 2008, start a quilting company? What, what so, led you to that? No, there's a lot of single-bearded 30-year-olds in quilting. <laughs> We're all over the place. Um, oh, golly. No, it was really, I mean, it was something that uh, that my sister and I, we were trying to find a, a passive income, you know, just something extra that mom could be doing in order to, to cover her bills. Uh, my parents, 
you know, my parents have, uh, they've got a house that they're trying to pay off and their retirement stuff didn't go the way they planned, which, you know, it's typical story that you see all over the place. Right. Um, Especially and, coming out of that last recession. Oh my gosh. 2008, 2008 was crazy. I, I lost my job that year, uh, where I was working. My dad, his, his division got downsized. He's, he was a machinist at a newspaper. And so he went from like a department of about 30 to a department of five mm. and, uh, you know, I had a lot more work to do and, and that kind of stuff. So, so we were a little bit worried about what the future was looking like. So we started this quilt shop on the side, which was just buy mom a quilt machine and teach her how to quilt. And oh, so your mom her... didn't even know how to quilt. This truly was just a – I thought maybe your mother was an avid quilter or something so that it was a, a natural extension of her hobby, but no. Well, so mom – so actually mom, she did. She she learned to quilt from the Votech College in Chillicothe. So okay. she went to to – just took a class with a couple uh, other gals, and they, they were teaching the log cabin block, which is this traditional quilting block. And she got – I mean, she loved it, and she got going on it and, and had a blast – so she was quilting, um, but when I say teacher how to how to quilt, I'm talking about the long arm quilt machine. So you uh, buy it's essentially this really cool robot. It's all computer driven. Uh, you know this big 12 foot table with this huge robot that just goes around and puts all the stitches in. And so we bought mom that machine uh, where she could start providing that quilt that quilting service, that long arm quilting service to other people. Uh, but she had no idea how to use that. She'd never used anything like that before. And so we bought that. Got her learning how to do that, and uh, then we added a little, just a little quilt shop where she was going to make some extra cash. The goal we thought if we could bring in ten thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. uh, that, that then that would be an extra couple of thousand dollars for mom. I might get a thousand, Sarah might get a thousand, and then we, you know, we'd be fine. Everybody would benefit. The whole family is doing better mm-hmm. off of this little, you know, let's spend a couple of weeks figuring this out and, and put it to it. Uh, well, well, it didn't. I mean, it it sort of worked. And then it sort of didn't work. Uh, in our small town, there just wasn't the demand that we had expected right. uh, or hoped, you know, right. because they're never when you when you start a business, there's something in you that just imagines customers showing up. <laughs> you talk to ten, you talk to 10 of your friends and they all say, yeah, I totally want to come and buy from you guys. And you say, awesome. And then all 10 of them come through and you forget that, like, well, you need 10, like 10 is statistically <laughs> significant. You need a lot of people. Right, right. To come and support you. And so as we opened the doors, I mean, it wasn't anything really glamorous, nothing. It didn't work the way that we'd expected it to. And so we'd moved on. Me and me and my buddy Dave were, uh, were trying to start some businesses together. And we had this quilt shop that, you know, mom had started getting a little bit of fabric. We put about $2,000 into fabric back home. And, uh, and then we decided, well, what if we did like a, like a website version? Mm-hmm. I'd always wanted, I loved these websites like a whoop.com. Or a steepandcheap.com, these daily deal sites that would put up a product every day. So we started looking at that, and I, you know, I got curious if I, the nerd in me wanted to see if I could build something like that. So I started hacking away, and uh, and then we had the challenge of you know quilting products. You don't have you don't have traditionally as big of a variety as say you know camping gear, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to do daily deals on that stuff. So we had to get a little bit clever in how we presented product. And how we did, we couldn't just grab a bolt of yardage and say, this is what we're doing. We had to, we had to be smarter. So, Right. So, so what, how did you solve that problem? What did you end up offering every day? Well, in 2009, uh, the, there was a company that was just trying out these pre-cut fabrics. And so they, were, they would pre-cut them in five-inch squares, 10-inch squares, and two-and-a-half-inch strips. 
And uh, so we sort of, we got excited about that. A lot of quilt shops don't care about any of that. They don't, you know, they're not interested in these pre-cut packs. It's mm-hmm. not their thing, uh, which is the opportunity. I mean, in the end, we're the world's largest provider of pre-cut quilting fabrics. Yeah, so you are. Every selection that you can get your 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 hands on. Um, but we started going around to other manufacturers and saying, you do this for us and we'll buy from you. And so now we have, you know, we've got 30, 40 uh, vendors that all do this for us and, We've been able to create this whole sort of uh, movement in our industry based on this one sort of style of doing this. Well, once it was pre-cut, then we had inventory that we had ten of. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's when it's on a on a bolt, bolt of fabric, mm-hmm. all you have is you, you either have fifteen one-yard units, or you have a single one bolt, or you have thirty half-yard units, or you have sixty quarter. And on it goes right. And you're and when you sell, when you have eight sales of a quarter yard each, does that do anything to your velocity as opposed to the one lady that buys eight yards? And that, you know, that inventory complexity just got to be a nightmare for us of trying to figure out what was interesting from a data standpoint and what wasn't. And so when we got these pre-cuts in, uh, that let us, you know, that let us dip our toe in it with a little bit more reliability and get into this daily deal market that, uh, you know, that was was big for us in the beginning. And now we have, you know, we have a massive selection of fabric and stuff, and the daily deal is is a part of it. Um, but in the beginning, that was really the only differentiator that we had. Well, and beyond the daily deal, you also have been able to utilize YouTube, and your mother has become a bit of a sensation on YouTube, and that's helped to grow the business awesome? as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's, such, she's so great. And, well, and that was one of those that mom, um, mom is not the uh, – you know, the generation of, of uh, tech-savvy people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in 2008, I mean, if you think about it, YouTube was, was I think its inception was 2006, and, and, like, you know, other people were using it in 2007. So jumping on it in 2008, we were fairly early adopters, which is weird to think of a world without YouTube. Uh, but literally 10 years ago, we didn't have it. And so as we went in there, uh, you know, the, the challenge that we were facing, which I know a lot of people face is you know there wasn't a market of people that we could just go advertise to, mm-hmm. right? We couldn't go to uh, to you know the e- the ESPN of quilting, right? That that didn't exist. Exactly. Just run exactly. A, run a commercial. Um, and so you know I I know that there's a especially in our area we you know we have the this great Amish uh, community up the road from us and and you know I I sort of think through a lot of these problems if you're if you're hand making jam. Or candles, or butter, or whatever it is. How do you how do you find a market for that? How do you go and find the people that are wanting to buy what you have and advertise them? Uh, and it's really tough. Well, quilting, we have the same thing. You know, we have we have a few publications where stuff is, but it's so cost prohibitive to get into that that a small shop like our our own just, just didn't stand a chance. So going into YouTube was a great way for us to sort of build an audience, and that's really what it what it's about. And so as we started teaching people how to quilt and focusing on these very approachable, understandable tutorials, because me, 30 year old bearded son that has no (laughs) idea what quilting is, uh, you know, I was filming mom and she would, she would say some quilting term and I'm like, ma, I don't have any idea what you're saying right now. Can you do that? You don't have to dumb it down, but say it in a way that I can understand. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. We can do that. And so it changed her tone of, uh, of doing this. And then all these people sort of stumbled into mom and loved her because she didn't have that, you know, that pretentious quality that says you have to know already before you can be a part of our club. You know, it was, it was much more uh, down to earth and just like, hey, 
we're all starting. So grab this, grab this piece of fabric, and I'm going to show you how to get into it. Yeah, I've seen some uh, report or article that says she's been dubbed the Oprah of quilting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've actually heard that. It, it, well, because because she, I mean, she has enthusiasm in a, in an industry that doesn't always have enthusiasm, and so it's so refreshing. I mean, Mom is this this ham, right? She's comes from a theater background. When we were kids, she would drag us along to the community theater, and we'd all be in plays together. I I can't tell you how many renditions of uh, of the Snow Queen and Pinocchio <laughs> I've I've had to dress up for. Oh, I don't want to picture that. So that, like that's mom, right? And she just right. loves and she sings and she dances and we're you know we clean the house, we'd clean it to John Denver blasting from the stereo while we all sing along, and like that was that was mom. Well, so you take mom and put her in quilting and she doesn't know any other way to be except for excited and, you know, enthusiastic. And that it's just infectious. Other people, other people love what they do more when they do it with mom. And so that quality, I think, is hard to replicate. And it really is. I mean, it's just a treat for us to watch her and watch what she does because people come from all over the world. They come, I mean, to get a hug from Jenny and to, and to tell her thanks for for helping them through this whatever crisis they were going through or or depression or whatever it was but mom's you know her positivity and smile and you know giving somebody a skill really changed their world it's just awesome to watch yeah so it's more than about the quilting uh she she's really connected with her audience and uh she, she's actually helped the business in doing that but but she also has helped a lot of her her viewers as well in other ways we're going to take a quick break when we get back i want to talk about hamilton missouri and what Missouri Star Quilt Company has done to help invigorate that because as we know small towns across America uh, many of them are dying and you have been a really central force in uh, the economy there you're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio we'll be right back interested in growing your business thinking bigger business media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level whether it's an aspiring business a startup established or mature thinking bigger provides the how-to strategies critical connections and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check us out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing your businesses. Visit us today at www.ithinkbigger.com. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. 
and the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor, give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're speaking here this morning with Alan Doan. He is the co-founder, along with his sister Sarah Galbraith, of Missouri Star Quilt Company. That is a business that they founded back in 2008 in Hamilton, Missouri, and it recently won the National Small Business Person of the Year Award. Uh, uh, Alan and his sister went to D.C. to collect that award and participate in all of the small business activities there. I want to talk about Hamilton, Missouri. Like so many cities or small towns across America, uh, you even mentioned it yourself. You start this business and there's just really not enough customers there locally to support it. So you, it turned into an opportunity because it forced you to find another method of attracting audience and you turned online and that's made all the difference. But um, how many employees do you have now? You've grown considerably. Yeah, we're 185 employees in our wow. town of about 1,500 people. So, I mean, pretty pretty crazy. And Hamilton is Hamilton is actually a great place. It's it's where I'm from, and the reason why we do it here is because this is where we want to be from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we love we love living out here. This is where I grew up, uh, and this is where I'd hope to raise a family m- myself. And so, you know, you, you can either when you're in a small town like that, you can either sort of invest in it and see if you can create some sort of industry that would give you reason to stay, or you move to a to a big city. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sort of that. French Renaissance era of like leaving the villages and going to the big city for work. Uh, we see a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of small towns that are just sort of boarded up and don't don't exist as they used to anymore. And for us, I'm like we've got some great small business here in town that have uh, that have been here for a long time. But the the focus was on sort of recycling the money in the town, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would mm-hmm. I would employ you so that you could work here and get money and then go spend it at this other business down right. the street. Exactly. Where my buddy was employed and he would spend business you know, like it's sort of this this concept of uh, you're not bringing any new money in but but you're making money and you're getting by but we're just trading money back and forth. Yes. Well so I mean as we as we looked at that we said, well what's gonna what what could be different? How can we get outside money to come to Hamilton come in here and grow the economy that we have. And so that was that was a lot of the focus of what we were doing. Um, how do we attract them? How do we advertise them? And then what do we do with them once they're here? And that's that's some of the fun questions that we get a that we get to tackle every day. That's not the easiest stuff to answer. But we do, I mean, as as the town grows, we get to we get to continually invest in the town. Now we have a you know these rows of buildings, these old brick buildings. You just you can never build again. It, it was an era that was there, and you can't replicate it. And so the fact that we've gone in and you know millions of dollars have gone back into these buildings to fix them up, and you know the brick is is redone and it'll stand for another hundred years. So whether our company is around in twenty years or not. It doesn't matter because the town will be around uh, for, a, for a lot, lot longer because of the work that we put into it, which let's, you know, you can take some pride in that mm. and, in, and in doing that. Most but, definitely. But uh, some of the other stuff that we've done here, which I think is cool, is we, you know, we, we had to sort of create the, the city planned feel, you know, like we didn't have a town square. And so we had a parking lot that we, that we, Put a put some cement on and some lunch tables, and then set back some other buildings back about 100 feet from the road or about 50 feet from the road. 
and uh, and created this little this little square where people gather. You know, mm-hmm. you need that that sort of pedestrian flow and to think through that. And so we had to do some of that and sacrifice some of the real estate that we had in order to build the better town feel. And then we uh, you know we have this great park across the street where we do movies in the park all through the summer. Mm-hmm. So we have a big blow up screen that goes out. And now all the little communities around us where, you know, you don't have tens of thousands of people, but you got a couple hundred here and a couple hundred there. Well, now they have something to do for four mm-hmm. Fridays uh, out of each summer. And they come out and like we, we get together and we have a band that'll play. And we like we start doing things that uh, that what I, what my focus is, is if I'm a teenager here and I'm graduating from high school, what can I do to make to make it to where they can be proud of being from Hamilton and excited to come back here, maybe after college and work with us or come back, um, you know, and, and not be not feel like all they want to do is get out of this small town. Right. Which is a, when I was growing up, that was a lot of what it was. We, we But we want something where they can be proud of where they're from and excited to come home and even excited to come home and work uh, because we'd love to have. You know, the, the smart, talented people come back to Hamilton. Right. How, how many uh, people do live in Hamilton? How big is the town? I think it's 1,800, on, okay. like on Wikipedia, about maybe 1,500 in the, uh, in the central Hamilton area. <laughs> and the 185 employees then, were you able to find them within the population of the town itself, or have you actually attracted people to additional population to Hamilton because of the availability of jobs? Well, so a little bit of both. We have a lot of employees from Hamilton. A lot of our local uh, folks that, that have helped grow this business from the ground up, they've all come from right around here. Uh, but we have attracted, you know, we have some uh, some higher higher level associates that will go and headhunt from from some of the best companies in the world and they end up moving out here with their family and that was one of the challenges is you can't you know you can't have them move to a town in the middle of missouri that uh, that only has a subway sandwich place right like you need some other restaurants some of that other you know that cozy americana feel and we had to create that from scratch but yeah we've been able to bring people from out of town even even here locally we we have a pretty good net that we cast because we pay better than, you know, you'd get at Walmart or at a, at an Arby's or something, right? So come work at come work at the Missouri Star Quilt Company and you'll make a little bit more money. And so it's worth the drive of the extra 10, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we get a we get a pretty good collection of people from all the surrounding communities, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, J.C. Penney actually was born in Hamilton, Missouri, but it what you are doing has really started becoming more or less the Disneyland for quilting. You talked about having a town square. Um, has has most of the growth because you've you've also what you have six quilt shops now. Is that right? Right. We have six quilt shops. By July, we'll have eleven. Oh by the my. end of the year, we'll have thirteen. And are they all there in Hamilton? Or are they in surrounding areas or across all, the country? All right or? here in Hamilton, we we sort of are trying to create, yeah, like the Disneyland for quilting or a, or a three-ring circus where there's so much to do that you can't quite get all of it done in a mm-hmm. day. And you've got to stay that extra day and come and enjoy our, our company one more time. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the idea is we have these themed quilt shops that are all, you know, we have, if you love holiday fabric, come to the holiday fabric store. And if you love... You know the island batik style fabric. Well, we got a store for that as well, and we have novelty in the eighteen hundred Civil War sort of style fabric. If that's what you love, and, mm-hmm. you know, like we build these shops that sort of cater to those individual niches and let us expand that that category dramatically. And uh, I mean, people just kind of fall in love with it. If if that's what you love, then you you know we really understand you 
and it becomes very exciting for them. Yeah, and you have three restaurants and a hotel, and from what I've read, the uh, post office had to hire additional people just to keep up with your shipping needs. Uh, you also have uh, a magazine, and you I believe I read, too, that uh, once your company got going, that the local Chamber of Commerce, which had closed its doors, actually uh, resurrected and is now operating again. So just huge, huge impact on the on the city of Hamilton, Missouri. Did this growth come organically or, uh, you know, was all of this strategically plotted out and planned and, uh, y- you know, <laughs> or, or as you look back, you just go, whew, you know, I wish, flying I by wish the seat of my pants. To, yeah. yeah, I wish I was smart enough to manufacture this growth. Uh, it was it, like every day, I, I'm the worst business guy out there because you say, you know, what's your five-year vision? And I'm like, I have no idea. I maybe have a one-year vision. I can get us to the end of the year, uh, but I have no idea where we're going beyond that. Every day we show up and just try and do the best with what we have. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was all organic. We never expected to be running a quilt shop. Uh, and then when we when we moved into our main street location, we never thought we'd outgrow that. And then when we... You know, when we outgrew that, we never expected that we would, you know, be in six shops. And so as we've continued to sort of evolve, uh, all this great stuff has sort of happened along the way. And, I mean, it's really just an exercise in trying to be good to people and, uh, and letting people be good to you. They, we've, we've been very, very fortunate for a lot of that. What's been your proudest moment as the largest employer in Hamilton? Uh, my proudest moment would probably be when we, we hired Dad away from his newspaper job he came to work for us about two and a half years ago and uh you know he cut his drive down he's driving down to kansas city so it's about an hour and 20 minutes away for him uh each way every day of his life and he was able to to sort of come back home and he has a two-block commute and uh and (laughs) i mean for for an entrepreneur that's that's just kind of amazing for me to be able to do that Absolutely. He can, he can actually walk. So you said that you're not a strategic planner. You know, maybe you can get through the next year, but you have no idea what five years brings. But, but seriously, where do you see yourself going from here? What's next for Missouri Star Quilt Company? Um, well, we'll we're, we're just going to stay in quilting and see if we can knock this, uh, this town planning piece out of the park. I'd love, right now we get about 10,000 people a month that come through Hamilton to see what we're doing, which is just amazing to me. So you're creating um, a you tourism know, industry, too. No, absolutely. I mean, you, if you're in quilting, you got to come see what we're doing here, right? You have to make the trip up and check it out because, like, we we know quilters. And uh, and I don't think that there's anywhere else in the world that, uh, that sort of has that, that depth of understanding and that, uh, you know, sort of that substance of going to visit outside of maybe uh, Paducah, Kentucky or something like that. So if this is, if this is what you love and what you do, you got to come see it. You got to come visit and, I mean, they do. They come in busloads, and they just love it. And I can see why. Alan, what's your website? Yeah, come visit us at MissouriQuiltCo.com. So MissouriQuiltCo, just C-O, dot com, and, uh, or QuiltersDailyDeal.com. Either one of those will get you right in the right place, and uh, you should totally come check it out. MissouriQuiltCo.com. Go check it out. Alan, congratulations on your success for your recent national honor, and best of luck to you in the future. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook at Thinking Bigger Business Media or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.